Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Authentic Audience Podcast. It has been an interesting week. (laughs) I don't really like blaming things on Mercury retrograde, but it's just been one of those weeks where everything that could go wrong has gone wrong, and just sort of sitting in it. It was a full moon. We've got a lot of traveling coming up, and um, yeah, it's just been a week, so This podcast today came at the absolute perfect time. I've got Matt and Ash from The Yoga Couple on the podcast with me today. They're actually dear friends of mine. I met them about maybe six months ago now. We've been working pretty closely together and I've been able to witness this like incredible transformation that they've had both personally but more so in their business. They've really stepped into their fire, into their dharma. They published a book together. They launched their first retreat together. It's been a really powerful year for them. And today on this episode, we talk about branding themselves as a couple um, on social media, what went into that. We talk all about a lot about relationships, a lot about relationship dynamics, um, the ups and the downs of working and living and growing (laughs) and praying um, with your partner and Um, really helped me. It was sort of like a little therapy session today. Uh, We talk a lot about their book, their process, the inner work, and what it was like writing that together and a lot more. They share their authentic and authentic moments and just sort of the journey that they've been on this past year. So I am so grateful for this conversation. I learned a lot. I hope you do too, and I hope you enjoy it. yoga couple, Matt and Ash, are yoga teachers, writers, leaders, and healers based on the big island in Hawaii. They recently released their first book together called The Inner Work, and they host inner work retreats together in Hawaii. I'm so excited to have them on my podcast today. We've been having a lot of behind-the-scenes conversations together the past I guess six months now, and I'm ready to share some of that with the world. So welcome, Matt and Ash. Thank you. We're so excited to be here. I'm so happy to talk to you guys. Oh my God, I'm so excited. How are you? What's happening? Tell me everything. We are, I think, doing better now. We're recovered from um, the amazing uh, recent retreat we had and all the Uh, epic adventure that that was. And we actually came out to Northern California to visit my parents and kind of recoup and rest in the stillness and the silence of the forest. So we're totally uh, up here in the mountains kind of uh, in retreat. It's been nice. I wish we could see each other. It's funny that um, we're going to have to fly to Nepal to hang out. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) I can't wait. I can't (laughs) believe that we're going to be in Nepal together in like three months. So soon. It's going to be exciting. Well, I feel like it's kind of, uh, you know, perfect synchronicity or I don't know what they call it, but isn't that how we met? Didn't you find me through Emery or am I making that up? No, actually, yeah, me and Matt are just really big fans of Trevor and Emery and we were in this phase of like really starting to get 
just dedicated and taking our brand and our business and our offerings to the next level and feeling so totally lost. And like, we didn't know what step to take. We had all of these ideas and Emery made this story about how much you had helped her and we trust them so much. And yeah. And then I think we saw that you took over as uh, helping Trevor and so we were like, maybe we this can work with person. this person. Yeah, like maybe we should, if, if she connects with them, then we'll probably have a connection too, kind of a thing. It's so perfect because now we're all going to Nepal together. So <laughs> yeah. I just love the way the universe works. Yeah, it is funny. Um, and when you guys came to me too, I felt like sort of, you know, I had put this offering out there and I had this idea of who I wanted to work with and the kind of people I wanted to connect with and help. And when I saw you guys on the other side of the call for the first time, you guys actually make me cry, I think, more than anyone else I work with. <laughs> like, wow. I, in a, in a good way. Um, I remember hanging up that first call and just bursting into tears with Clay saying like, this is exactly like why I do what I do to help these kind of people. And it's exciting that they're showing up, you know, it's always, mm -hmm. and we can talk about this with your retreat as well. Like it's great when people actually show up <laughs> um, yeah. and they're the people that you, you know, had called in. So Anyway, let's back up for a second. So I think the world sort of knows you guys as the yoga couple, but um, over the past six months, I've had the great sort of honor of getting to know your individual sort of gifts um, and quirks and all of that makes you individual amazing human beings. Um, and obviously together, you're kind of a force. So I thought it would be fun to start by having um, you guys introduce each other. So I don't know, maybe Ash, you can go first and introduce Matt to us and then we can switch. Yeah. So Matt, he is what I call just like a hermit genius. <laughs> He is so brilliant and he is one of those people that kind of is very reclusive and doesn't kind of share all of his brilliance with the world, but it will come out, you know, obviously in like writing the book or his one-on-one -on -one work, one -on -one work with people. And some of the most interesting things about Matt is uh, that people don't know is he was just a freak genius in school and graduated high school at 15 and started college. And got out of college super early. Like, what were you? Like 19. 19 and went straight into naturopathic med school at 19 years old. Like the youngest doctor, I think, in the university. <laughs> well, in my class. <laughs> well, first I worked in inpatient psychiatry for a year, which a lot of people don't know that I was actually worked in a psych ward for um, a year before going to medical school. Yeah. And you were just obviously from the beginning, I think from childhood knew that you were a healer. And it's really interesting because we're really into human design and his incarnation cross in human design, which is his life, dharma or destiny is the cross of the healer, which he totally <laughs> is. He's been seeking, you know, different modalities of how to be a healer. And when you were in naturopathic medical school, I think you, you met um, people there that really changed the course of what that healing meant for you, right? Yeah, I came across three people that had, um, one was a devout Hindu, another was a former Buddhist monk, and another was a really um, well-versed yogi who like had gone to any of the whole works. So those coming from like a Christian background, those three people really like changed, changed everything for me. And then in naturopathic school, they teach you to, to, to heal, you know, human suffering, to heal illness. You treat the cause 
And so that concept of treating the cause, not symptoms, I took so literally that I was like, cool, well, then what's the cause of human suffering, which then kind of changed Yeah, and everything. you were like, it's not the body really because you were, you were seeing the placebo effect happening on people. So you realized this must be the mind. You left naturopathic medical school and then went to a master's program that was actually more of a holistic master's program in psychology. It was in Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. It was at Pacifica Graduate um, Institute, and it was based a lot in Carl Jung and Joseph Campbell, which we actually <laughs> have a lot of their you know, energy infused into the book. Like at the back of the book, for example, we say the inner work is a hero's journey because that's literally like Joseph mm-hmm. Campbell's message is like the hero's journey connects with all of humanity because it's all in our subconscious. Is like we all resonate with the hero's journey. And then you're, you're in naturopathic art med school. You go into a master's program for psychology. And even mm-hmm. there, you realize it's not even the mind. It's consciousness it's, itself it's that yeah. needs to be healed. And to yeah. actually have this healing, it needs to be of the soul. And yes. you found Dr. Hawkins, who was a doctor who spent his entire life studying consciousness. Mm-hmm. And that's when um, I think Matt really came into his true dharma, which is is the work of, of, of spirit, is the work of consciousness and going straight to the root, straight to the source to, to heal people. And now you're, you're just, you're so epic. <laughs> He's so epic. I've gotten to witness just like small snippets. Like the day that you realized what my human design was, I got like a four minute personal video from you, like going deep into my working. Yeah. And, and it was just, I mean, you're really tuned into something, but I think that was a great, um, introduction. Thank you, Ash. And, um, it was surprising to me. I think there was a lot and we'll get into that, that I didn't know. And I was in your audience and I didn't know any of that. And when I learned sort of the journey that you had taken and the sort of credentials and the experience you have in all different types of medicine, it really, you know, speaks to who you are now. So we'll get into that more, but let's switch gears um, and talk about Ash for a second. <laughs> Ash. So Ash is my my oracle. I call her. She is um, the most special, sweetest, innocent soul I've ever encountered. And um, there's some really interesting things about Ash that are really... I think make her so unique is that she was raised in Las Vegas, which is very peculiar place to be born and raised and still be such an innocent person. And her mom was um, like heavily addicted to what intense narcotics, I guess, and like pain meds and just street drugs. And like, she came from this like really intense background and yet, you know, even as a little kid at like seven or eight was like trying to ask her parents like about God and about, like, you know, the purpose of life and the, and she wasn't real raised religious and she just wasn't, you know, and yet she was craving it, seeking it. And so coming back to her mom, you know, like not having that, um, that mother figure and her mom going through all that struggle was this interesting journey for her to try to find healing and find, um, like peace. peace and innocence and truth and goodness. And that maternal, like, you know, Holy mother kind of energy, And I think that's kind of what sparked her to eventually dive herself into finding holistic healing and especially yoga. And it was actually something really peculiar that really defines Ashley. Um, Again, kind of tapping into that human design that we've really found and resonated with a lot with lately is that she actually is a reflector, which is that 
really like if you know anything about human design, it's that 1% rare like energy on the planet that is here to kind of be the mirror for us all. And the epitome of that is defined when Ashley finally could drive. She like got in the car and went to all the religions in, <laughs> and in Vegas, they have the plethora. Like it literally is a little microcosm of the world. And she goes to like the Buddhist temple, the Hindu Hare Krishna is like the, the Christ, all the different Christian sects and different versions. And she asks all the people, like all the head of, you know, whatever those churches were, all these questions about God. And she's like sampling and trying to come up with what is the truth? Like, I don't know about you, but I didn't do that as like a 16 year old. And and so she like went to all the churches and was like interviewing all of them looking for what is the truth. And it's this fascinating thing, again, to be in Vegas, to juxtapose it so intensely where she was raised in like Babylon in so many ways, seeing like how basically in Vegas, the mentality is like anything goes, which also like if I would have been there, I would have really lost myself, I feel like in, in so many ways. And I remember when I lived there, it was hard. And yet to be raised there and to stay so pure is to me the, one of the most fascinating things because it really testament of her character. And then yoga, you know, coming back to that, she used yoga and alternative healing to work with her mom to heal her mom through holistic healing. And now. her mom is sober for how many years now? now? Like six. Like six years sober and healthy and all through the healing of yoga and alternative medicines like naturopathic medicine and oriental medicine and acupuncture and um, all these different versions of healing. Am I leaving anything out of that healing journey? No, yeah, it's good. Yeah, and um, – and really just for her, I think of all the things she sampled, she really resonated a lot with, I think ultimately Ash loves everything of truth and innocence, but yoga, I think was yeah. really what stuck out to her and the pureness of self-realization. And that's kind of how her and I met is she found my blog on self-realization looking up like a random yoga retreat, but we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. But, um, get into that. Yeah. And so since then, Ash has like trained over like 2000 hours of yoga training. She is like a yoga master. And um, even in college, she studied uh, Asian studies to learn all about Eastern philosophies. So she's kind of like, it's kind of funny. I'm like the Western world of like psychology and medicine. And she's like the Eastern version of, yeah. you know, science and spirituality in a sense. And so it's kind of this fun blend of the two. And I think that Ashley is, yeah, she is the epitome of divine feminine for me. Thanks. (laughs) Those were quite the introductions and I'm so glad I had you do that because I think for me, and you know, this is sort of a real podcast where we get pretty real and talk about business and all of the things. And I have to say, like when I first came across you guys on Instagram, like I was shocked to find out the depth of who you who you both are when I finally got to meet you in person. And it's, I think, quite rare that you meet people that are better in real life <laughs> than they are on social media. Um, and when I met you two, it was just like this, this depth that kind of exists there. You know, it's, you of course are both beautiful inside and out. I mean, you're gorgeous, you glow, you live in Hawaii. So of course your photos are 
breathtaking. Um, but there's just this depth to the both of you that I was like hungry for. And when we started working together, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but I just, I was, I know other people were too, you know? So I just was like, we got to bring this to the surface. And I love Matt that you say East meets West, because that's how I felt too. when I met you guys. And I think just from hearing those introductions, um, you know, the, the relationship that you have, and I, I can attest to this is so authentic. Like what you see on social media is so real. They are walking the talk every day. They are diving into books, devouring new information. For example, the human design, um, which we can maybe talk a little bit more about, but just the, the growth, you know, the spiritual growth and you come at it from two different directions. And it, it always reminds me of that, that book paths to God, um, you know, Ram Dass's book, because it's all these different paths, you know, that lead mm -hmm. us there, that lead us to God. And I, I feel that, you know, you two, you know, are, we're, we're on very different paths, but it, it led you to each other and it led you to sort of that same place. And, and I love that book because Clay and I, um, you know, are both very spiritually hungry and very dedicated to our growth. And it's something that I've had to come to terms with. Like we're on different paths to God. Mm. Um, and it's like accepting the other's path. Like recently I wanted to go to a Kirtan event. Uh, Krishna Das was doing a big event down in Santa Cruz at a temple and I really wanted to go. And I was like offended and upset. Um, we both love uh, Maharaji. So obviously I was so excited to go and see Krishna us and Clay didn't want to go. And I was like offended <laughs> that Clay he didn't want to come. I was, I was so mad. And he said to me, he was like, you need the external to connect. You know, you need the kirtan, you need the chanting, you need your shrine and your necklaces and all this stuff. He's like, for me, it's very much an internal experience. Mm. And, you know, he's constantly sort of getting me in moments like that. And I realized it was like this attachment that I wanted him to be on the same path as me. And I'm just so grateful we're both on the path, you know, let mm -hmm. alone trying to, you know, have some effect. So, I mean, coming together now, do you find that you guys are still on, you know, do you have different ways of connecting to, to source? Uh, it's actually funny you say your example, because in a lot of ways, mm -hmm. that's Ashley and I as well. Um, I've verbatim said mm. something very similar like that to Ashley all the time. Like she, she Ashley really enjoys the community and the energy of, of, a, of a space being with people, um, like going to church or going to kirtans, like those things really resonate with her. And I've always said over the years, like, I just want to connect with God directly as an internal process like by myself. Mm -hmm. And so like for me, maybe I like to go disappear in nature um, and commune with God that way. And Ashley, on the other hand, would like go to a kirtan and be like overjoyed, jumping around in jubilation, praising, you know, like, <laughs> and so yeah. it, it's kind of funny how, um, you know, we all have different paths. And that's kind of what we talk about a lot in the inner work is everyone is at their perfect. They're all, we're all on our perfect hero's journey. We're all in our perfect place. And the real fun of a relationship is to learn to appreciate with compassion and, and, and love ultimately that whatever our partner is up to, it, their intention is pure, then it's, it's all perfect. And it's what we each need. And we're all different, you know, we're all supposed to be different. And in a sense, um, you know, all the rivers are leading to that same ocean. So if, 
Like I love in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, uh, you know, however and whoever they call upon my name, you know, however they say my name, if they're calling upon my energy, they're dear to me and my beloved, you know. And that kind of to me means like whether you're praying to Jesus or you're following the path of Buddha or Krishna or, you know, anything that has this pure intention of, of reaching God, I feel like it all will lead to that same realization of that unity consciousness that we're all from that same source. Oh, I love talking to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we could just do this all the time. Um, yeah, I just, you know, and I think I think it's become a lot clearer, right? I guess speaking from somebody in your audience, um, sort of the – I, I mean, you can hear just from the first 20 minutes of this podcast, the the authenticity and the like pure love that this couple, this union, Matt and Ash have um, together and separately. And it's really sort of profound and, and inspiring in a lot of ways. But switching gears for just a moment, um, you guys have a business, you know, so you're on obviously spiritual paths and your business is deeply rooted in the spiritual business, which I was just listening to at Ram Dass podcast last night, and he calls it the monkey business. Um, but we're in it and I, and I'm in it too. And so are you. And, um, not only have you decided to create, uh, you know, a business based on this path, but together as a couple. So it's sort of like an added layer, if you will, of, um, I don't know, challenges, excitement, everything that comes with um, going into business with your partner. And I think the big question I have, um, you know, the yoga couple is what you're sort of known as, um, which is sort of one entity. And even when I'm messaging you guys on Instagram, I don't know who's writing me back. And it's gotten to a place where it actually feels the same. Like I can kind of tell now. Exactly. Like which one of you it is, but I actually don't even really care that much. Like I just know I'm talking to you guys and it's interesting. I can't really fathom, um, you know, sharing an Instagram or sort of a, an identity or I don't know the right word for it. But my question is, um, when you decided to brand, um, yourselves as a couple, the yoga couple, you were sort of essentially branding your relationship in a way. And was that intentional? I want to sort of dive into that and what that experience, because you guys are very intentional people. So I'm guessing it was, but I actually don't know the answer to this. It was very intentional. Yeah. And for <laughs> us, you know, yoga is this path of self-realization and this communion with God. So when we say, we're the yoga couple. We mean that really in, in the, the, in the deepest, deepest sense of what yoga means. Yeah. And it, it really is something sacred to us. And, um, we, I think that one of our, our biggest strives as a couple is to show the path of yoga in relationship Yeah, because it is your partner who mirrors to you all the things about yourself that, you know, you came here to work through. Mm. And I, I really do believe that yoga it is a practice of relationship. Who, who was it? Was it Ramakrishna who said yoga, uh, yoga and partnership is the highest form of yoga? Am I, is that the right person? I don't know who said it, but I've it's read one it. Of, yeah, one of, it's Ramakrishna or maybe um, Krishmacharya. One of the, one of them said though that um, 
yoga and relationship is one of the highest forms of yoga just because of how much it's going to bring forth out of you. And, you know, there's so many paths of, again, everything, every path is perfect. But at the end of the day, I have noticed that when I'm by myself, the amount of inner work I'm going to do is hardly anything in comparison to being in a relationship. Yeah. And the relationship for us is really, is our practice. It It is, is, it's where the work happens. It's where the devotion happens. And I think the way that we view each other is, um, is an opportunity for us to worship divine. And if I'm not worshiping Matt, the way I would worship divine, you know, I'm, I'm checking myself and, um, this has it been challenging at all? Oh, oh gosh. It's like the, the hardest challenge. thing I've ever done <laughs> is yeah. being in relationship uh, with the intention of this being our foundation because yeah. it's this commitment that we're constantly right. coming back to. Yeah. And and so, yeah, for us, the yoga couple really meant um, that highest intention of becoming one and and in union with God as well. And so it's actually really funny that you say that we're one entity because people that are close to us. Uh, in our actual lives and throughout our businesses of owning studios and things like that, people have said exactly what you just said of, it doesn't really matter. I've noticed which, if I'm talking to Matt or Ash, at the end of the day, I'm talking to the same entity. And we've always really enjoyed that because that means we're doing it correctly. That means we're doing our work correctly because we believe that a partnership should get to the point of, you know, if we're both on the path of devoting our and surrendering our wills to the divine, then shouldn't our wills eventually kind of merge into the same divine will? And so for us, that's kind of like wow. the highest intention of um, it, it. Like for us, Ash and I, it's really funny. We'll say the same things to people on separate occasions and then be like, you said that too? I said that too. And we'll always find it so funny because we're on like that same page. But I don't want to paint the picture. I'm glad you asked. Has it been challenging? Because it it's not this like romantic fairy tale type of thing. It's actually, it's really a lot of shadow work, it a lot work of to get to that point. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, absolutely it's intense at times, but it's, it's really worth it too on the, it's, it's just as much light as it is darkness, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love that. And I think you guys are really evolved a lot in that way. And I think, you know, even just hearing you say that you're one entity and this kind of stuff, it actually really sort of triggers me. Like I find myself, I'm finding myself sort of like moving around in my chair because I think one of the biggest things for me, you guys have been married a lot longer than I have. I'm, you know, we're just coming up on one year and, um, freedom is something that, you know, Clay and I, like our individual freedoms are, we take so, I guess, seriously, it's a big part of our marriage. So to hear you guys speak that way, it it almost feels, and I wouldn't, I don't want to say freedom, but you know, one of our vows was to support each other's freedom. And an example of that is I don't need to ask to go to Nepal for a month, you know, and be away from my partner. It's always going to be something that we support in each other's journeys. And I think for me, a big fear around getting married was losing myself. Mm. Um, and I just, you know, I'm this independent, fiery, whatever. And now as I'm almost a year in, I'm finding like that I'm leaning towards and I'm opening that sort of door towards what you guys are talking about where the partnership is an entity and I'm still me. I'm still Krista. Like Mm. I went on this yoga retreat by myself and nobody knew my partner. Nobody knew my business. You know, I just got to be me. And I think that that's really important for me to still have that. But sort of the deeper I get into this, the more I realize um, my partnership 
this marriage, like my yoga teacher said to me right before we got married, you know, marriage is the greatest teacher. It's the greatest guru is Mm -hmm. it's your mirror, you know? And I think for me, that was very uncomfortable and still is a little uncomfortable because, you know, I look at these couples in the airport that are like matching. And then I look down at Clay and I, and we're totally matching with our matching luggage. And it's just like, we've become that couple. And I think it's okay. Yeah. And, and to, to clarify, um, it's not, there is danger in becoming enmeshed. Like in psychology, you know, we refer to it as like an enmeshed relationship where you do lose yourself. I think to just clarify, it's, uh, we're, we are social creatures. We're interdependent though. Like, um, Mm -hmm. we are, we are connected in what we offer. We're connected in our, in our devotion and our will, but you can still maintain your independence in that. So like, there's so many ways that Ashley and I will still maintain that unique, our unique gifts and talents and individuality, but then just have at the core our, it's almost like one in, one in devotion, one in intention. And if that's the case mm-hmm. then the rest of it, it's mm-hmm. okay. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not supposed to be the Oracle. Like I'm the action. I'm the doer. Like if I tried to do what Ashley does, it would not work. And if she tried to do what I do, it wouldn't work. And that's the individual part. The, the real like union part is in your intentions, in your guys's, uh, in, in a relationship's devotion. And the more we've worked with couples, we find it interesting that there's so many couples that don't know what their partner's view of like their future is or that their purposes or their religious mm. or rather spiritual views. And we just find that so fascinating because it's like, if you're not on the same page with what you intend for your life, then how, how can you possibly reach a, a state of like true connection? So it's uh, kind of, I love that you say that because I think, um, it, like I say all the time, like if Clay wasn't on this spiritual path with me, I just don't know if it could really work, you know? And at the end of the day, we're super different. You guys know us pretty well. And we just had a little, mm, I maybe we would call it a hiccup uh, this past week or two. And what my realization is, and what you just said, Matt, like you can't be the oracle, Um I was trying to, I think, get Clay on, I guess, a, a different level of business. And one of my partners said to me, he was like, you're the visionary, Clay's an implementer, and you need both. Exactly. Like, if you exactly. had two visionaries, like, nothing would get done. And if you have exactly. two implementers, there'd be no radical ideas. And so you really have to lean into the other one's strengths. And and I think sometimes that can just be challenging on the ego. And then business adds an entire new element. And I just you know, everything you just said is really resonating right now. And it's funny that of course I'm talking to you today. <laughs> um, but that's how the universe works. So speaking of sharing our truths and all of this stuff, um, I feel, and correct me if I'm wrong, that up until, you know, in the last year, the sort of depth of who you guys are wasn't really being shared in the way that it is now online and your retreats and your book. Um, I sort of, came in uh, to your lives and was just like, I only want the truth. Um, You guys have so much to say, like, please share it. And at what point did you sort of decide, like the things you're saying right now, it's so vulnerable. And I think that's one piece of the yoga couple too. It's so vulnerable. It's like, I'm, you know, crawling in my seat at some of the things you're saying. It really like, touches people in places, maybe people that aren't ready, you know, to be, Mm. 
to hear and feel the things that you guys have to say. And I think I felt a big shift in the last year. And really, I felt like you stepped out like into the world, into your truth. And what was that sort of like? Do do you feel like you were doing it before? Or do you feel like there there has been a shift this past year in what you're sharing and and what you're saying? Well, uh, we met you. And I think that's (laughs) the biggest catalyst. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Before we met you, we were really struggling to communicate, I think, who we are and what we're about to the world. Like it's one thing to be in it, to be in your practice, to be living it, doing it. It's another to like take all of that and represent yourself well. Like we had no idea how to do that. We're like professional hiders. And like, I think we hide behind humility and just being like, I don't want to talk about it. But at the same time, it's not really helping anyone. Yeah. And it's been, it's really been challenging because on one end, you know, it's like, it's safe to not do that, but then it doesn't lead to the actual work we want to be doing. And we kind of had to get to this point where we were like, you know, we know what we came here to do. Like we we're both very clear on that. Absolutely. And it's going to take us coming out of our shell and being bold. And like you said, maybe ruffling some feathers and we, we kind of have to get to the point where we're going to step into that and face it even if it means, you know, being vulnerable. And I think that's where we're at the beginning stages of that right now. Yeah. And I think that um, with you as a catalyst to kind of help, you came at a perfect time in our lives because we were asking for what's next because we knew we had all this potential, but we didn't know how to actualize it. And it ultimately came down to this fundamental thing of like, be authentic, be yourself, like get it out there. And I think we really needed somebody like you to believe in us and to see us, to give us that courage because we were having a hard time seeing ourselves. And though we know that we add a lot of value to people's lives and the work that we do is is super valuable, um, it's still super scary, you know, to put yourself out there. And you gave us so much courage by just honestly holding up a mirror and showing us who we were and telling us, you know, you can do this. So in yeah. giving us actual practical steps to take just one step at a time to, to start to move in that direction. Yeah. And, uh, I think this yeah. last year alone to answer your question about like what it's been like, I think this last year we've grown more than probably like Quick. the last five years together. You know what I mean? Like we've it's been the type of person, just speaking for myself, like the man I've become in this last year is leaps and bounds different from the man I was last year. Like, I don't even know who that was because of how much inner change I've had to go through to become the person who would be bold enough to speak to you now with complete like authenticity and vulnerability and just not have any fear about it because the, the, the work that took to get to this point was like exponential. It was like, Oh, you guys, Matt so couldn't much. even, he couldn't even I used go to be on so camera. awkward on he camera or talking camera. about these things or I'd be weird. And, and I would come off like super nerdy and professory and like not relatable. Like it was just one thing after another of like not being able to just be, be myself. Right. <laughs> I mean, the resistance was, the resistance was strong, um, at the beginning. And it's, I, I asked the question seriously because I felt like, you know, you guys, you do give me a lot of credit and I appreciate that, but I felt like I came in and the ball was already rolling. You know, like I don't really feel like I was the catalyst. I feel like I just sort of pushed the ball down the hill a little faster because that's <laughs> what I do. <laughs> um, but it was already there, you know, and I, 
I, and it came from an honest place of, Hey guys, I follow you on Instagram and I don't feel anything in these posts. And then I talk to you on the phone and I'm like, my heart is cracked open. Like, let's go. And since we sort of had those initial conversations, you've launched and sold out your retreat, which I want to talk about that process because that was a uh, hard for both of you, I think, to put yourselves out there in that way. Are people going to come? Are they going to like what we have to say? And then I came back to this base of this is your truth. And I felt it the moment I spoke to you guys. And this is, you know, almost every healer or real authentic human being I know faces this resistance. And I I tend to say authenticity equals resistance because if you're if there's this fear, you know, our our ego really doesn't want us to succeed in many ways and of course doesn't want us to like reach the truth, our purpose, our dharma. And so everything is going to come into play here. And this happened with you guys, but you pushed through it and you showed up on every call. And I just want to applaud you because Matt worked through so much. You know, he was very skeptical of me at the beginning and I love skeptics. And I really had to prove to him, listen, like if I didn't believe this, like I wouldn't just tell this to anybody, you know, like I see it and I want the world to see it too. And I know they're ready for it. They're hungry for it. And then Ash on the other hand, sort of like new, um, and just stepped into this, like, Everything I told you guys to do, whether it was a new landing page, like on the tech side, on the total business side of things, Ash is just a boss. Like I could count on her to redesign a website in a week. Like you have this, I don't know if, I don't know where your, what your astrology chart is, but I would love to see it because you just have this amazing ability to just get it done. Um, And then with Matt's kind of like, is this right? Is this the truth? Is this real? Is this what we want to put out there? How are people going to receive it? And to me, it was just one of the most beautiful things to witness, like from that very first phone call we had to now. And I want to talk about this. You've launched your first retreat. We've announced your second one. You've published a book together this year. Like it's, I, we usually start every call with what are you, you know, Let's talk about your wins. I mean, it's been a huge, huge year for you guys in business and in your dharma, I think. Like you've really been able to find that place where you're doing what you're meant to be doing, where you love it, and people are paying you for your services. And how does that feel to just be like seen in your truths and to be having people sign up for your retreats and purchasing your books? Like what has that been like? I think we're still like in shock of it because we didn't for the longest time believe like it was going to be possible. And I think reflecting back now, mm-hmm. the only thing we're saying is like, we sh- why don't we start this sooner? Because, you know, it was always inside of us. And the only thing that wasn't moving it forward was our own self-doubt and, you know, Matt's perfectionism and my fear, all of these we say in the book, limiting themes of consciousness that we hadn't worked through yet that were, you know, self-induced. Those were the things holding us back, not our actual gifts, like the passion, the talent, the Dharma was there. We've always known this. I mean, this is a, this, like all these things that we've launched this year, technically we've, I mean, it's like a decade in the making. Like I've wanted to do these things since I, like since naturopathic school and Ashley's wanted to do these things, you know, since then, like that same age too. So like, 
the irony is, yeah, like we've actually wanted to this for so long. It's just been the matter of getting through our own resistance. It feels very surreal now to be in the place that you've dreamt about for so long and to see that, you know, it's, it's not as hard or as complicated as we once made it out to be. Yeah. What would your advice be, I guess? Because I think a lot of people, like you just said, um, why didn't we do this sooner? Um, and I even remember when we were talking about launching your first retreat, I was like, you guys, we got to do a retreat. And I always say we, like I did nothing, but I, I say we, cause I take this all very seriously. I feel like we're all in it together. And you're like, no, like really? And I was like, yeah. And literally there was like a hiccup of resistance. And a week later you had built the retreat page and we launched it, I think within two weeks. Right. Um, and you just pushed through it. So yes, the resistance was there. Yes. The fear was there. Yes. Maybe you should have, or could have done it sooner, but I, you know, really believe in timing and people being ready for it and all of that stuff. Like it was, it was perfect timing Mm -hmm. really. And for people that are sort of, that really know, like, it's not an ego thing talking to you guys. You really know. I mean, for anybody that watched their stories or their videos during that inner work retreat you guys put on, I like felt it to my core. Like there was Mm -hmm. real transformation, real connection, everything I love about retreats, good retreats was happening, uh, that week. And, you know, for those people that really, truly feel it in that place, like I, I can do this and they're not doing it. Um, you know, what, was there a moment for you guys together or individually that really was just like, fuck it, we're going (laughs) like what happened? Um, well, Ashley's always known, you know, being the Oracle that she is, I, I think just speaking for myself, I know that in the relationship, I am definitely the biggest resistor. Um, and that's mm-hmm. something that I've had to work through. Really? Um, I had no idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, for me, I guess my advice would be for anyone who's resisting or having doubt and fear, like in the inner work, we say the first biggest transition points, you have to get to courage. And I think you got to get to courage Mm. to be yourself. Courage to be authentic is um, the first major transition point into like in the inner work, we call it, it's the transition into self-honesty. So courage to admit your, that doesn't mean, courage doesn't mean that the fears aren't going to be there. It doesn't mean that your vulnerabilities aren't there. It It means you're just that strong to say, yeah, I have pride issues. Yeah, I have anger and resistance issues, but I'm going to still do this anyway. And I'm not a perfect human, but I will still try and I will still put forth my best effort. And maybe no one will sign up for this, but I'm still going to try and I'm still going to put myself out there. That's courage. And for me, launching the retreat was that I had to be like, well, fine, maybe no one will sign up, but like, I'm not going to fail this test for myself. This is like a personal opportunity for me to rise to another level of my own evolution. And so for me, it's like, have courage, be bold, push yourself to explore another side of yourself. And maybe you need to listen to some motivational speeches. Like one of my favorite speakers is Les Brown. And he says, like, if it was put in your mind and it was given for you to do, it's only for you to do. And the world is waiting for just you. So like have courage to own that and and to show up because it it's like, it's as if God is giving you something to do. And if, and it's like, what if, what if it goes great? What if it works out? What if everything is actually working out in your benefit and all you have to do is have the courage to access it? You know, I just read this book. Um, Have you guys read um, 
The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. It's a really good book. No. Um, and I, I recommend it because I would just – I'm actually really interested to hear your thoughts on it, even just the first half of it. And and one thing that he talks about – he talks about a lot of things and it really affected me recently and I'm just ha- telling everybody to read it. Um, Yana Robinson, who was on my podcast last week, is the one who, who told me to read it. And um, he talks about this idea of we're actually not programmed as human beings to – know how to handle like long-term happiness and success. And we almost like self-sabotage in a way when things are going really, really well. And I've seen this with myself and with so many of my clients, I like have to do something to sort of sabotage it in a way. Like we're not really programmed to know how to handle like long-term happiness or like contentment. And I've, I've been working with this idea a lot and I posted this recently is we we are so programmed to prepare for failure, I guess. And that's something that I've been working through in my business is we didn't fail. And I spent the last two years trying so hard not to fail that it never even crossed my mind. Like you just said, Matt, what if it went right? You know, what if I succeed in this. And now I'm in a place where it's like, oh my God, I have to scale, like making all these decisions in the business because we succeeded. And I think going into like the next two years, um, I like to think of my life in like two and a half years, which is like the same theme as like progressed moons, which I'm really into right now. But anyway, that's a whole nother conversation. But the next two and a half years, I really want to have a different intention of like, what if this goes right? And what if I deserve it, you know, and what if the world does want my gifts and wants to hear my truth? And every time I share, like honestly, authentically, from the heart, it actually goes really well because I think at this point, people are hungry for it. I, you know, the word authentic, I think it's thrown around a lot, but it's still one of my favorite words. And it's one of my favorite things in people. And that's why I have people on this podcast is people that I see, not only are they authentic human beings, but their business is authentic because that's a huge piece of this. And they are like authentic in, in how they live, how they work, how they flow. And I know a lot of people personally that look one way on social media or look one way in their business and they're not that in real life. And what you guys are. It's so true. It's so pure. It's so authentic. I'm so proud of you guys. Like, I just have this like absolute pride when we, we hung up the phone after your, your retreat, we got to talk and I was in Chicago and, um, we just talked for an hour and I want to actually wrap up with talking about the inner work. Um, but you were just glowing from this retreat. Like you were exhausted. <laughs> it was like so much work and, and you put so much into it, but the look on your faces, I think you said to me, like, we've, we've found our dharma. Like, this is it. We're meant to connect with people in this way. And it's like, mic drop, you know, my work here is done. Like, <laughs> it was just the most beautiful feeling. And I just want to acknowledge how proud I am of you guys because you are the ones doing the work. Like I've had many phone calls with many people where I say the exact same things that I've told you and nothing gets done. So like you said, Matt, it takes courage. It takes work. It takes hustle. And that's one thing about you guys, like you hustle. 
Like you must have revised that book, The Inner Work. I mean, probably hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours. You've redone your landing pages. You've redone your sites. You're recording videos. You're putting yourselves out there and you hustle. Like it's not just, you're not just like singing Kumbaya in the jungles of Hawaii. Like you guys really do work. And I think that's a big piece of, you know, one, you have to know what your gifts are, but then two, you actually have to seize the opportunities mm-hmm. and put the put the work in. And I, I just want to acknowledge, I know how hard you guys have worked this past year. And, you know, going off of that, I would, I want to talk about the inner work a little bit more. I know a lot about it. Um, but now it's a book, it's a, you know, retreat basically that's centered around these teachings. What is the inner work, not the book, not the retreat, but just the inner work itself. What, what is that? So the inner work is in, in the simplest sense, it's the human hero's journey and it's to explore and understand our shadows and um, look at what is hindering us from unlocking our full potential. And in a yogic sense, it's the pathway to self-realization. In a psychology sense, it's healing and finding peace and inner contentment. And I love that you referred to that book that you were just reading about how we're not conditioned to experience long-term happiness and, and contentment. And that's exactly what the book is about. It's about breaking out of paradigms. We have paradigm blindness to getting to a place of true freedom and lasting happiness. So the purpose of the book is it's this invitation that takes you on a hero's journey through your different themes of consciousness that you can break out of the limiting patterns that are holding you back to being that which you came here to be. And I don't think Matt and I could do the things that we've been doing, like write the book or launch the retreat, or even have the courage to reach out to you to get help. If we weren't doing this inner work on ourselves, because those limiting programs are so strong, they're so strong, like shame or guilt and judgment, you know, that attachment to perfectionism, that for us, we have to do our inner work to move beyond it so that we can finally experience the possibility of a new paradigm. And when we called you, we got out of the the retreat and we were like, oh my gosh, we found our Dharma and we were so lit up. That was us going into the next theme of consciousness. That was just a little bit higher than the one we had been in when we first reached out to you. Yeah. And I guess the in like the more in-depth look at what the inner work is, is it's really a, a culmination of um, Ash and I's expertise in the East meets West. It's the Western psychology. It's the, it's the Western world of healing and especially, you know, rooted in my naturopathic teaching of treat the cause. And the fundamental cause that I found as Ash mentioned in the intro is that in, in all healing of human suffering, I found that it's really a tier system of the body is actually the last expression So then you kind of go up and you go into the mind and you start healing the person's mind and then their body can heal. And then you start healing the mind though and you give them a healthy body and mind and and we can still be suffering inside. There's so many rich and successful people with healthy body and minds, but they're still suffering. And so why is that? It's because if we get and we look at the cause, the cause is a spiritual context. The cause is a spiritual theme of consciousness, we call it. Or in other words, consciousness is just another word for soul in a sense. Um, it's just the scientific version of it. 
And so we're kind of blending these worlds for because I believe that healing transcends all religion, all ages. And that's why our retreat literally had that. We had all ages. We had all, all different religious backgrounds. And it didn't matter. Everyone had a transformation because the inner work is universal to humanity. Themes of consciousness are what make us human. And it doesn't matter what our cultures are or where we come from. We all have like the human experience. We're all human. And so therefore healing is, is going to be, uh, it's going to be a similar process of transcendence for all of us. And so that's kind of like the more in-depth look at how we devised and came up with this or rather it came to us. And I want to say one more thing that totally. my favorite part about it that I think is so unique is that the themes of consciousness in the book kind of outline like a roadmap of human consciousness or like a the terrain of human consciousness. And it really gives you permission to just be where you're at. Like it's okay to be in a theme of consciousness of anger because somebody who is experiencing anger may have came from shame. So that's, that's, that's progress for them or someone who is being prideful, you know, they might've come from a theme of fear and for them to be finally proud of themselves and to be overly prideful is actually, it's actually progress from where they came from. So I love the themes because it really makes you have compassion for the human condition and to just be patient with where you are. Cause it's like, you're on that journey with your headlights on and you're going across country and you might not be able to see the final destination, which is like true freedom, lasting happiness, but you can see the next hundred feet in front of you if you just keep going forward and those are the themes it's just the next hundred feet like just just make it to courage and then after courage just make it to willingness you just take the next step yeah so the the inner work is really Ugh, all about the it's all about the healing journey and and that um we all inherited crap you know and and ash and i and in the retreat and in the book it from the feedback we've got, it's very obvious that we're, we, we are reading too. We are not putting ourselves above anyone else. We are just as human. We need it. And we, in our retreat, we model everything first. So if there's a process, if there's anything, we own our own shit 100%. I totally have my issues. Ash has her stuff. Like, so by all means, we know that it's really an invitation to have compassion and it's about having compassion for we are all exactly where we're supposed to be. And, and what's unique about the inner work is that it's important to know that you have a unique healing path based on where you are starting or where you are at. Because we all came into this planet with different inheritances. We all came from different families. We all have different experiences. And no one knows that other than you. And so one of the things I found that was lacking in the conventional healing methods of therapy or medicine was that there's too much blanket prescriptions going on. There's too much. It's not individualized and unique to helping the individual self heal. So one of my biggest like takeaways from school was that what we're really doing in all healing modalities is you're removing the blockages and then the body or God or spirit heals itself because our natural state is health and wholeness and completeness. It's all the baggage of the ego. It's all the layers of the fear. It's all the layers of the other stuff that's blocking it. So in naturopathic medicine, they teach that it's all about removing those blockages and then the body heals itself. And same with yoga. And same with yoga. And so here we have this synthesis of all Mm -hmm. these different spiritual and healing modalities coming together in the same truth. Ash being the truth seeker is like, yes, this is true. And so I bring her all this content and then we reflect on it together. And then she's like, okay, this is the truth. The truth is 
this healing is unique to us all. And it's really important to kind of have compassion for ourselves and for other people. And then that's really what heals us as humanity. I feel like you sort of answered this just in explaining <laughs> that to me, which is so beautiful. And, and you've actually, you know, from when I, when we first started talking about the inner work, I can tell you've uh, done this a few times now because that was just like <laughs> such a good answer um, to the question. But my, my real question is coming back to the relationship because, you know, I think it's a theme to, we've touched on a lot of themes right now that are actually happening for me. And, you know, oftentimes I find when something's happening for me, we're, we're, to me, we're all one. So we're all sort of experiencing similar, I don't know, energies or shifts at similar times. And two things, one, the be where you're at, huge theme for me right now. And I love that you went back to that, Ash. Um, but the second piece is this partnership is this, um, you know, unique, not very many people, people tend to tell me all the time, I don't know how you and Clay work together. And I, I could never work with my spouse. And for me, I could never have it any other way. And I, I don't really know how else to explain it, even though, you know, we have bad days and we have hiccups and things like that. There's no one else I would want to be in this with. And my other question about the book and about the inner work itself is as you are creating this, because to me, the inner work is, yes, it's a book, but for me, it's more of like a mission or a truth or like a process or tools. Um, it's, it's beyond a book. And I obviously, I, it started as the book and then it launched into a retreat. And now hopefully very soon it will launch into a course of some sort, um, hint, hint. But my, my first question is, what, what was it like um, writing it together, like in partnership as you were going through different themes of the book? Did you sort of notice that coming up for yourselves? And you guys are very different, handle things very differently. What was the process of writing such like a deep, intimate book like together? Yeah. Um, first to affirm what you were saying. Yeah. The inner work is definitely a lifestyle approach is kind of how we refer to it. Um, there it is. Lifestyle approach. Yeah. It's definitely a contemplative <laughs> lifestyle. Um, okay. So writing the book together was um, in so many ways hell. a living hell in, <laughs> in some aspects. <laughs> but the, uh, the silver lining is behind it is that it well, there's two things. Let's backtrack first. I fully affirm and agree like for us. And I think it's just situational. Again, we're all in our own, um, we all have our own take on, on life and working with our partners. And so for us, we felt exactly what you just said for us, it couldn't be any other way. So when Ash and I, you know, were seeking each other, we both had a clear intention that we wanted to have a partner who we would share and envision with and work with. So for us, that was kind of, um, a necessary component. Now the actual prag, like pragmatic, like practical part of working together, we had to learn. We did sure. not realize it was going to be as hard as it was. <laughs> I think we had this like dream vision of like, yes, we're going to have this partner that we like create this, you know, self-realization project together. That's going to just transform lives. And we went into our relationship kind of like also at the same time with this vision, like it was, it, it's been so it's interwoven, interwoven from the beginning. There's never been any separateness between our life mission together and our 
romance. And um, lo and behold, though, it w- it's been the most challenging situation I think we both have ever put ourselves into, but also the most rewarding because we are healing through the daily challenges every single so day. Things. And there's not a day that goes by that we're not stopping what we're doing to self-reflect and being like, where is this coming from? Yep. Why is this so aggravating? What's coming up for you? What's triggering you? Oh my gosh. Well, it's because of this. And when I was a little kid, this happened to me. And that's probably why this triggers me. And it's just like, wow. Yeah. So the irony is, is like obviously writing a book called The Inner Work, the amount of inner work we had to do to write it is astronomical. (laughs) So you can't write about these themes. You can't write about this hero's journey if you haven't kind of been on it yourself in a sense. And so we write from a place of experience. And that's why in the forward of the book, we say like, you guys, by all means, like we need this too. It was given to us. It's we we do not take credit in a sense. We just are the vehicles up for it. Yeah, like on the days we're experiencing like so much turmoil, we're literally in the theme. Like it did seem like that every time we <laughs> yeah, would oh, we would be stuff. in shame. We would be writing about shame in the book, and then all of, all our, of our shame would, would be up. coming up. And then we would be in hopelessness, and all of our hopelessness would come up. And we'd be in the you know the theme of anger, and then we'd be delving into that. And it was just like fear, one thing after another. When we finally got to courage in the book. It like felt we so good. We actually started feeling good because it would evoke that, and that's and it, yeah. it was kind of funny, you know, writing about it. We it would it would bring up all of our own journey because again, the inner work is is universal to humanity. It's the it's the human hero's journey to self realization, and so it is universal. So you can't help but read it and connect and be like, holy, and be like, going through. We're it. all going through that. We're all going through you know these these things. And so for us, it really was like a perfecting process. I think something that we've touched on throughout this podcast is uh, in relationships, we have the tendency to project onto our partner. And one of the things that I think you and I, Krista, were talking about um, earlier in the podcast was how we had a ten- you had a tendency to like project onto Clay that he should do it the way you do it. And in the same way I do that, like with Ash, is one of the biggest problems we kept finding is that we would project that our partner needs to be able to do it the way we do it. So like for me, for example, I can sit down at a blank page and just blast like 10 pages out for you in two seconds. Like I can just go. And on the other hand, Ash, she needs to like hear it read to her. She just needs to lay there and like reflect <laughs> on it. Like it was hilarious. So we had to learn these things. Whereas I would just give her the, the, the computer and be like, just go. Can't you just go? Like I can just go, you know, like just do it. <laughs> And, and so these are examples that we had to kind of really figure out because we have different versions of how to do things. And it's a process of kind of learning. And when we work best timing, like, you know, are you a morning person? Are you an evening person? Just like there's so many habits we had to get on the same page with. And I think that the only thing that saved us was coming back to the intention. Our intention is to get the inner work out there regardless of our personal issues. And if we could just come back to that and and see each other's gifts for what they are, we can remember we're on the same team instead of trying to prove to each other whose way is right because um, that can yeah. the ego can overpower that original intention. Yeah. So and that's that desire for independence. You know, we do have that independent, like, yeah, I am the doer. So great. Let Ashley be the reflector and oracle. Like and and that that's that's the thing we had to figure out is we really had to figure out like how to cherish each other's gifts, but then always remember that even though our gifts are different, we still have the same intention and that's what made us unified. And that's a really like tricky thing to kind of figure out. And it just took us a lot of time and a lot of trial and error. 
Well, I just really appreciate the humanity that you guys bring to it. And I think, Matt, I just resonate so much with what you just said about sitting down and just doing it. Um, aren't we the same design, yeah. you and I? Was, I yeah, was just that's because you're, you're both manifestors. manifestors. <laughs> So it's like so easy and it's like, why isn't this easy? You know, and you know, one of, uh, I was in a session with our therapist recently and she said to me, everything you say to Clay, imagine if he was saying it to you, um, before you say it. And I think that that, I don't know why, but that just shifted so much in me, like how hurtful that would feel, you know, (laughs) if why can't you do like some of the things that I'm saying, I've really manifestors work to a T. (laughs) <laughs> you guys are either I have to do that too. You're either the 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 kings and the queens that usher in a new paradigm of peace and leadership through compassion and humility, or you're like Hitler. So you guys have to pay attention. <laughs> and to nothing in between. No. Yeah, it's very extreme. And it's either like the, yeah, cruel tyrant or the, like the, the beloved, like virtuous king and queen. And so it's very intense. And we have to think of that. And I do the exact same thing of like, okay, well, how what if what if I like Ashley said the things I say to her? Like, yeah, I'd be like really offended. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Well, I just appreciate so much your, you know, willingness to show up today and share all of this because I think, you know, Clay and I, we get all the time, like it it looks so easy and you guys make it look so easy. And at the end of the day, he's my best friend he's my business partner. He's my everything, but it's, it's not easy. And, and I appreciate you guys sharing that piece of it. And I think stemming from that or going off of that, uh, to wrap this up, um, speaking of how authentic and humble you guys are, um, it's not always easy to be authentic and humble. And I like to end this podcast with my favorite two questions. Um, and I don't know if you want to answer this together, but I, I have a feeling you've planned it out. Um, I would love to know your most inauthentic uh, moment that you've experienced together so far in business. Yeah. (laughs) Our most inauthentic moment was definitely using social media, I think, in inappropriately to who we were. Um, We are the yoga couple and when we did start our Instagram, we were, you know, we owned our own studio and all of this and we're teachers. And we thought the way to reach people was to do like really advanced yoga asana and show everybody that, you know, we're yogis, which we can do those things, but it's like like really our last priority for us. We just, we're really not that interested in asana. Um, We're really interested in the inner work and the, in the deeper teachings of yoga. And we were not showing that at all. We weren't talking about it. We were just, I think, trying to blend in to what we saw the yoga industry moving toward. And it was such a disservice to us. Such a disservice. And that was our biggest, most authentic thing was just being something that we knew we weren't, but because everyone else was, uh, like she said, like, because that was the yoga thing to do, we were like, all right, I guess that's what the people need. (laughs) And they, so, so I think the simplest way to put it is like dimming our light. Like we dimmed our real passion because we didn't think we had all our excuses. We didn't think we fit in. Didn't think anyone would care. We didn't think any da da da. Whatever the excuse was, is the point was, is like, yeah, we totally dimmed our light and we're, we made it about the body and just no, that was just like we didn't even care about. And any we hate. Oh my gosh, you guys! <laughs> like we would go take yoga photo shoots and we would literally fight the entire time and then be like, and then post this like perfect yoga pose. But the entire time we were going to the photo shoot, we would be like screaming at each other. And and that was all reflection in retrospect. It's like, that was a red flag of like, this this isn't your truth. Like, why are we even doing this? 
I love that answer. And I think, you know, I talk about this a lot is posting on Instagram, like for other people rather than for yourselves. And I'm actually really glad that that was your answer. And I applaud you for speaking about that because so many people do it. And I think people need to hear it, but not to say like, there are people out there that are really focused on the body that are really focused on alignment and it's their truth and it's their Dharma, I believe. And, and, it wasn't yours. And I think that's the biggest mistake yep. we make online. It's the absolute biggest thing is we take somebody like you guys just said, well, that was working. So we thought that's what we were supposed to do. And I'm just, oh, I'm just so glad you said that. Cause I want to scream that from the rooftops all of the time. Like when you try and live somebody else's Dharma, when you see what's working for somebody else and you actually dim your light to try and, you know, be somebody or do something that you're not, it just, it doesn't work. And I just, I love that you guys were fighting <laughs> through it because it's just so clearly not who you are. Like, yes, you guys are an incredible shape. You're absolutely gorgeous. You're, per- you're beautiful people, like actually truly beautiful humans on the outside. But what's on the inside is like so much more interesting to me. And I think to everybody else, and that's why you're really here. And I also believe we look and act and talk a certain way. Um, we're like given this like exterior, whatever we want to call it so that people can hear us. Um, and I, I say all the time, like I look and sound and I talk this way because for whatever reason, it resonates Mm. with the people I'm trying to reach. Mm. And so I don't want to like disregard the fact, you know, Mm. that I look and sound the way I do, but there's just so much more. It's like, it's just the messenger (laughs) to get this like deeper thing out. So I'm, I'm so proud of that. So let's, finally answer with uh, an authentic moment. I feel like you guys have a lot of them, but maybe uh, your favorite one that was maybe hard or difficult or challenging, but it, you knew you were in integrity or authenticity when it happened. I think it, it, it was the retreat and it was a specific moment at the retreat because we, we had our retreat completely mapped out and um, it was, you know, having a lot of yoga involved into it, actual asana classes. Like we had two asana classes a day for this eight day retreat and it was intermixed with inner work. But when we originally planned this retreat, the inner work processes were kind of like the sprinkles on top and they weren't really the cake. And when we got to the retreat and we had our first opening circle and this opening circle was a very vulnerable moment where we were revealing the traumas that we had experienced in our lives to a group of strangers. Um, something that we think is a secret or we haven't shared with maybe even the people closest up to us that we feel is something shameful or we're not proud of. And we passed this like, what is it? Six foot cane around staff staff, and we're in the circle and the lighting is just like so epic epic. and like the music and like the theme was courage the theme was courage (laughs) and everybody you could just feel the goosebumps on everyone's skin and the first girl that stood up told us something that was like earth shattering and then the next person went and our jaws dropped to the floor and then the next person in like you know there was 21 people in the circle and every single person shared just deep dark, like trauma and secrets and vulnerabilities to a room of people. And everyone was in tears and me and Matt just looked at each other and we were like, we knew we got back to our room. We changed the entire retreat. Like that night we stayed up, we restructured the entire retreat to be more focused on inner work and shadow work. And we canceled like half the yoga classes and just went for it. And we, no one cared. Everybody was so happy. We did it. So willing. Yeah. And I think for me, you know, I think, sorry, go ahead. 
Uh, no, no, go, go, go. I was just going to say the, so for my most authentic, yeah, it was definitely the retreat and, oh my gosh, it was, it was for me that experience, the courage night was really powerful, but I think there was like, for me in particular, halfway through, I think there was a moment where I just, I was seeing the impact I was having on everyone. I was seeing the transformation that was taking place. And I would say it was like maybe the third or fourth day when we're sitting in circle or doing a talk. And all of a sudden it just hit me that I was like, no one can be me. Like I am who I am and I'm meant to be this way. And I am, I am supposed to do this Mm -hmm. and it's okay. And I am supposed to be this powerful leader and I'm supposed to have this impact and I'm supposed to like shake people up and rock their world and like trend and like push into healing and be this like person. And, and I've hid him for so long. I've hid my voice for so long. I haven't stepped into my power for so long. And I hide that I have this revolutionary, like these ideas. And I have these like really passionate views of healing. And I feel like I've discovered things that work, but I don't ever own it. I don't ever talk about it. And, and halfway through the retreat, seeing that it was working, seeing that it was like impacting people, it just finally dawned on me, like Matthew, like be who you were meant to be and only you can be him. So please, for the love of God, like here I am telling everyone, like you guys, you all have a purpose. You know, maybe that was the night. It was like, I was telling them, you all have a purpose and only you can do it. And notice, cause we, we give, we come up with everyone's life purpose and we help them find their life mission. And then we share them and we notice how everyone's was very unique and different. And I was pointing that out, but then I forgot to extend it to myself. And in that moment, I finally realized yeah. like, now what about telling the same advice you're giving all these beautiful souls? How about you give it to yourself? Mm-hmm. And that for me was my most authentic moment of like, be yourself, be who you're supposed to be because no one else can be that. And it's special and it's unique and it is needed and it is wanted and the world is waiting. I am so proud of you, Matt. I am like sitting here just like nodding with the biggest smile on my face because you like I know you said earlier that you've had a really transformational year and I feel really privileged and honored to be able to have bared witness to to some of that. And just hearing you speak now compared to even six months ago, uh, it's just Oh, it's just like, oh, thank God <laughs> he's here, you know, and we just had so many conversations earlier on and I'm just, I'm so proud of both of you. You're so humble. You're so, I can tell, I can feel the energy. I, you know, I say in my marketing your Dharma talk, like when you're around somebody that is doing what they're meant to be doing, there's this energy about them and you can actually feel it. And I can feel it on both of you right now. Um, and I'm just, I'm so grateful. I'm so proud. And Thank you for sharing so openly with me today. I'm so, so, so grateful. And just to kind of wrap up, I know we have some exciting things coming up. So can people purchase the Inner Work book right now? Yep, absolutely. Just go to Amazon and look up the Inner Work and there it will be. Great. I'll link it. I'll link it in the notes. And then you've also announced your second inner work retreat, which mm-hmm. is happening when? December 28th to January 4th. So over New Year's. So it is going to be the perfect, oh, wow. yeah, perfect recipe for rebirth. With and a full moon. Yeah, it's, it's going to be glorious. Oh, I'm so excited for you guys. I can't wait to hang out in Nepal. I can't believe I'm going to hug you for the first time in Nepal. It's going to be 
so wild and especially in such a magical place. It's just the universe has a really great way of, um, you know, just handing us what we need. And I think we're all on this journey of trusting, surrendering, fighting with resistance, fighting with our partner, fighting with our ego. And it's, it's all perfect. With courage. Thank you both so much for, with courage. Yes. With courage. So thank you so much for being here, you guys. I'm, I'm so grateful to know you really, truly. We feel the exact same way. Thank you so much. And to everybody for tuning in, this is such a special episode. My first couple, I learned a lot. It felt sort of like a therapy session for me. So I hope it was for you as well. And until next time, keep growing. 